introduce you to Vinay Ravuri. He is the CEO of EdgeQ, and he has a lot to share today about the metaverse and what is needed to expand VR, AR, and XR experiences. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Amanda. Thank you for being on the show. So you've done a lot of research in this area. And the metaverse has been making waves and people are a little bit skeptical and they're wondering, how is this going to work? How is it going to be useful? And you've mentioned that a very well-structured 5G ecosystem is going to be important. So can you share a little bit more about the 5G or even you say 6G that's going to be needed to make the metaverse experience useful? Yeah. Uh, first, right, metaverse itself is not fully defined in terms of what it it is yet uh, it is really in its infancy so in that sense you know it's work in progress both the applications of metaverse requirements for it and technologies that go into it uh, 5g is, is certainly a good start for that um, and there are a lot of uh, key parameters that need to uh, need to come together uh, from 5g but also as we look to 6G, where maybe variables, there's you know uh, technologies that need to come together for uh, for uh, for metaverse to really uh, take full effect. But a lot of the metaverse that people talk about today really uh, come uh, to us from companies like Facebook and Apple and Google when it comes to you know. Um, the interactions with the metaverse is through uh, some sort of an AR VR headset. So most likely that's the um, the viewpoint or vantage point that I'll be speaking uh, from. And and 5G and 6G uh, are one of the key technologies to enable uh, enable um, metaverse in general. And so you're saying is 6G technology available? No, not at all. Not yet. It's in its standardization form. Um, <clears throat> it takes about 10 years for each of these Gs to kind of go from, to transition from one to another. For example, uh, 5G started in um, 2020 and it will take its course through till 2030. And 2030 is when 6G starts to roll around. 6G right now is in its uh, you know creation phase, if you will. So people working on requirements applications and what the implementation may look like and and some of it will go through its development and actual rollout by operators whoever will happen in 2030. okay can you share what are some of the major challenges or roadblocks to utilizing the 5g um, and eventually 6g technology for the metaverse yeah. So maybe let's kind of define what we know about metaverse so far uh, and then talk about the the um, uh, the obstacles or challenges or uh, key performance metrics associated with it. So what we know as of now is, you know, you have this virtual environment that you're interacting with through some sort of um, uh, visual uh, um uh, implementation such as a uh, AR VR headset. Okay. Uh, and 
what that means is, you know, kind of imagine wearing some glasses or something that looks like glasses and it's augmenting, which is called augmented reality. A um, On top of what you're seeing, it's augmenting some sort of a graphical interface on top of it. It could be like a video game or it could be that you're driving around and, and it's kind of showing you some information about the environment that you're in. Um, that's considered augmented reality <clears throat> and a virtual reality is think now you're in a really, a, a, a video game, just instead of it being shown on a screen, uh, you're now seeing it through, through, uh, through your, um, eyewear glasses. Uh, in, in that scenario, if you're moving your head, the scene moves with it. So in other words, if I'm playing a video game, I don't know, maybe a shoot a shooting game or something, and I move to the right, the, the scene needs to move to the right. Um, that's how these things work. Um, and sometimes you can have combination of both and it's called XR. XR is AR and VR together. So in what I just described, so there is an interactiveness that you have to contemplate. Uh, meaning when I move my head, the entire scene has to get regenerated graphically in this case. Um, so what that means now is there needs, it needs to get rendered. It needs to, you know, if it's, let's say, a, a, um, uh, a video game where I am driving a car, right? And I kind of move to the right and maybe there is an ocean on the right-hand side. So it needs to repaint that entire scene. To do that, it needs to go out to some place where this scene can be generated and then transport it back and display it on your screen. To do that, you have to do this quickly. And that's considered you know, a low latency requirement. So that is one component that's very important is to be able to turn this entire thing around within a, a, a few milliseconds. Um, uh, with human brain, um, we are such that when we move our head, if we don't see the scene change within within 10 milliseconds or so, we actually get sick. <laughs> uh, your, your head feels a little weird. Uh, in fact, that it's called motion to photon latency. Um, and uh, what that means is uh, when I move my motion, the photons needs to follow and the, and the brain expects that to be happening within sub 10 milliseconds. If you don't do that, then it gets very confused. And that's why today's uh, XR headsets, um, they're not well used because uh, people get sick after a little while, actually. Um, and it's just not comfortable. And so latency is an absolute key, key requirement. And 5G does address this well. It's just that the implementations of it, meaning the actual rollout of it, hasn't happened yet. Um, but the standard does say these are the parameters one has to go implement, and this is approximately how you can implement it. That's 5G. Um, 6G goes uh, even further uh, with all this because the bandwidth you need for such things may also be very, very high. Today, you know, on a phone, a few hundred megabits at best is what you normally see, right? But imagine kind of going to multiple gigabits per second uh, to a single user. That requires spectrum, meaning bandwidth to be there. Uh, and that's also difficult to achieve because spectrum is very expensive and it is also precious. 
Um, so in 6G, there's something called terahertz communication. So it's no longer in gigahertz, like five gigahertz, six gigahertz kind of numbers. Like, you know, you know, a Wi-Fi, you operate in five or 2.4 gigahertz bands. So kind of go into the terahertz bands. Um, so the, and where lots and lots of bandwidth is available. Uh, so that's another parameter. Um, and then finally, reliability is another piece. Uh, when <clears throat> you transmit stuff, things sometimes get lost. Um, you know, you're going through a mountain range and the coverage isn't that good and data actually doesn't make it to, you know, and it's often seen when you're talking on the phone and you start losing somebody. And this is the coverage aspect of it. You can't have that with an XR glasses, <laughs> particularly if you're driving. You know, this is super critical that that, that communication be reliable. Um, you know, imagine if it's like a surgery, a doctor is operating on a patient that's remote, way far away. Um, and so that is all based on visual communications and you, it can't have latency and it can't have uh, unreliability here because, you know, these are uh, uh, super critical um, uh, applications. So, so reliability is another piece. And these are not quite there yet um, today uh, in implementation, although there are technologies that are promising, but not, isn't, isn't really uh, prime time in 2022. Um, it will be available. There are prototypes and POCs out there, but not really um, deployed. Long answer, but uh, that kind of sums up where the state of uh, uh, metaverse requirements for uh, based on 5G and 6G. So you say we're not there yet. What what sort of companies need to work together to get us there? And what do you think is that timeline? Yeah, excellent question. So uh, in this ecosystem, I'd say there's about three or four type of companies that need to work together. One is the end application companies. Um, so if it's a gaming application, then the games themselves uh, need to kind of modify their uh, architecture to to adhere more to these um, interactive um, glasses or whatever headset-based XR, VR, AR, VR type of uh, environments. That's one type of companies. Um, and the second type of uh, company is, um, is a company that sort of hosts all these things and think of Facebook slash Meta as one of them. Um, they have a headset. And they have a platform. They don't. They don't necessarily make the games themselves, as you know. They call themselves a platform. Like Oculus is a platform. Um, Apple could be one. You know, uh, there are rumors that they might um, release glasses at some point. Um, maybe this year. Maybe next year. Um, so that's another platform. Uh, I'm sure um, Google and Microsoft will follow as well. So. So that's a second type of uh, companies that need to come together. And the third is, um, is, is people, companies like us. Underneath all of this gear is hardware. Uh, chips, particularly, that need to provide and enable such low latency and high reliability 5G communications. Um, and, and, and rubber meets the road really with the chips. Um, so, uh, 5G implementations today, for example, for the most part, as I said, don't do this sub millisecond or sub 10 millisecond type of communications. And, and a lot of that happens in the implementation of the protocol and, and that's done in chips. 
Um, so, for example, us, uh, we we are absolutely had this in mind from day one, and and our chips are and will be capable of handling uh, these really tight, stringent requirements. Um, so that, I would say that's a third. And the fourth is there's a, a software ecosystem that has to kind of come together on top of all of this. Um, <clears throat> there are, you know, applications that are in support of it. There may be uh, other things that are associated with machine learning models to kind of bolster all of this stuff. Um, I would say are the four types of companies that have to come together. So what's the incentive for some of these companies? Is there enough do they feel that there's enough of a path for them to focus on this and and um, get up to par? Besides the gaming industry and things like that, what other businesses could utilize the metaverse and this technology behind it? Um, and is that is there going to be enough business there for chip makers and such to hurry up and speed this along? Yeah. In fact, you know, gaming is used as an example, but the near term ones, probably not even gaming uh, applications wise, it might be more related to enterprise and collaboration. So, for example, we're talking to each other over Zoom. Um, it's not it's, it's great, but it's not as immersive. Um, so if you want to feel like we're actually in the same room, now imagine putting on a headset and talking to each other. So uh, so these are the type of applications i think that are more near term and and probably even more pervasive um uh, gaming and consumer applications are definitely can to move a lot of volume but i think up, uh, right at the beginning uh, collaboration is one there's another one called digital twins uh, so digital twin is basically kind of think of it like you know if i am I'm an auto mechanic or something or repairing a car and I, or I'm trying to fix something and I did not necessarily know, I don't want to read a manual. You know, often today I just go to YouTube videos and watch that and then that thing and then try to compare and figure out what, how to fix like my garage door thing or something. But digital twin is where you wear uh, uh, glasses. And when I look at what I'm trying to work on, whether it's a car or whatever it is, it will essentially kind of give me a view of that graphically and kind of point me to, okay, here's where that changing of whatever the battery or something else is. So you sort of, you kind of create a twin out of the reality and the digital twin portion is actually running somewhere in the cloud and, and kind of guiding you through that process. Um, so, you know, education comes to mind uh, as an example of that as well. So some, you know, it's, it's also kind of, it's a cousin of, uh, of collaboration, if you will. Uh, so those are near, nearer term applications, but in terms of just the broadness of it, it replaces anything and everything that's got to do with laptops and phones, which is a massive market. Okay. So a lot of people that look and they say, oh, the metaverse, um, what's that? Or, you know, they're kind of skeptical and they think, what what use is this for? It actually opens the door to almost anything digital. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So do you think um, as far as digital transformation goes, um, the metaverse and all the technology behind it is going to play a key role and um, businesses that haven't focused on their digital transformation initiatives had better get started. 
Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think in the next 10 years, it is in its infancy. So if you're not on the metaverse in 2022, I don't think that's the end of the world. Uh, but I'd say next 10 years, uh, this is definitely where the world is headed. Uh, and I think just how the internet changed everything, every business. Uh, um, I mean, today, I can't imagine a business that's not does not have a presence in on the internet. So this will be much like that. I think over time, it will uh, transform itself where everybody's part of it. And as businesses focus more on their efforts with this, is there gonna need to be a change in policy? Are there any policies in place at the moment? Yeah, that's a good question. And no, there aren't really no policies because the technology is still new. I think we're still grappling, to be honest, still with the internet part and social media part, uh, policies wise. Um, and that's a, a complicated world that we have to carefully navigate. <clears throat> um, but there are people are certainly discussing it, but there are really no policies in place uh, ahead of all of this. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your insights with us about the metaverse. And I can't wait to see where it leads us and what the technology does for businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a great time. Uh, I think for technology, it's, you know, the, the there's, you know, the technology in general does good. Uh, yes, we have to be careful, as you said, and policies have to follow so that the, the harm is limited, uh, you know, but, but it is going to be exciting uh, for sure. Most definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you.